0: welcome to kuhau podcast we thank you for tuning in if this is your first time listening in with us we want you to know that you are a part of a new loving family wherever you're joining us from we hope that this message encourages you and transforms your life now stay tuned for today's message in conclusion my friends fill your minds with those things that are good and that deserve praise things that are true noble right pure lovely, and honorable. One more time. Things that are true, noble, right, pure, lovely, and honorable. Put into practice what you learned and received from me, both from my words and from my actions, and you'll see that I have the rest of the part blocked off. So if you have your Bible, don't read ahead, all right? And if you do read ahead, don't spoil, no spoilers, all right? You guys remember when, when, uh, when Avengers Infinity War came out and you didn't see it right away? Trying to avoid the spoilers? That was crazy. But I want to share this this message with you guys today. I want to talk about putting into practice what we've learned, what he says, uh, uh, filling our minds with those things that are good, that deserve praise, that are true, noble, right, pure, lovely, and honorable. Will you bow your heads with me? Lord, I I thank you for, for who you are, what you're doing, and what you will do today. ask today that this word may not be of me, but of you. It's not maybe a a good idea from Reuben, but but something life transforming. As it is transforming my own life, Lord, I ask that you transform the lives of your people today. In your name we pray. Amen and amen. So you guys know, like, uh, like whenever you're telling a story about like the past, you usually kind of use like a benchmark. You're always like, yo, you remember when like the sidekicks came out? Like yo, the sidekicks, yo, that was back when I had my hair like this, ta oh, oh, no, no, that was back when the, you, you remember when the first iPhone came out? Yo, we was like, everybody was like, what? It doesn't have keys? How do you use it? Like, like you usually use benchmarks. Oh, like, that's, that was around the time. I had, that was before, uh, you know, if you have kids, that, uh, your whole life is before each child was born. No, that was before this one was born. No, freedom, freedom, that was before we ever had kids. Uh, and then this, this thing happened. In my family, we use benchmarks. We use, like, phases. Uh, and what I mean by phases is my phases. I go through phases. I've gone through phases. In my family... Uh, We usually say, oh, you remember the time Reuben was? Like, you remember the time Reuben was a vegetarian? You remember that time? That was that was when I got the, the the. That's when I had broke my foot. It was around the time that Ruben was a veget a vegetarian. Oh oh, you remember that time that Ruben wanted to be a rapper? He was so cute. Like he would write those little things. There was that phase he wanted to be a rapper. But then then all of a sudden, you remember that time that Ruben wanted to be a barber? But then like his barber had given him the worst cut haircut in his life because he was under the influence, and so Ruben just didn't even want to go to barbers ever again. That's a true story. All right, I was traumatized. Um. <laughs> My barber cut my hair intoxicated. And I couldn't find out until, I didn't realize until halfway through the haircut. And then it was, oh, no, no, you remember the time Ruben was a vegetarian? No, 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 the second time, not the first, because remember he was a vegetarian, and then he went back, and he became a vegetarian again. Not, that's not to be confused with the time that Ruben was a vegan no, that's different from vegetarian because, no, I know there's a difference because he gave me a whole 15-minute monologue on the difference between veganism and vegetarianism. But the good news is I'm no longer vegan. God has set me free from that life. Uh, we're going we're gonna to continue to keep Pastor Roe in prayer. Uh, but the, the reason I think I go through phases is because I'm an overthinker. Where's my overthinkers? There we go. Not a lot. That's good. That was a lot. Okay. Okay. You know what it was? Is you guys were thinking about making noise. That's why you didn't. Uh, but I overthink everything. Like I kid you not. The other day I'm on the bus. I'm on the bus and after I realized I was doing what I was doing, I was like, oh I'm preaching on this. I'm like, I don't know why, I don't know, there's something wrong with me, okay? I don't know why, but for, for whatever reason, I was going through the alphabet, like I was like A, 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 B, A, C, A, D, and then like I would go all the way to the end and I would be like B, A, B, B, this is what happens when your phone is dying and you're on the bus, you just start, I don't know, like don't leave me alone with my brain. And then I got to like, W, W, I think I skipped ahead, I was like, A, W, and then I was like, ooh, W, W, and I was like, W, W, and I was like, if we caught one W, How come we don't call two W's quadruple (laughs) U? This is what I'm doing. I'm on the bus. I'm just like, we should call them quadruple. And then I'm like, oh, my God. Like, we just did tithe and offering, and we're like, www.kuhau.com. What if we just said said, 6 Why would we be saying www? And you know how hard it is to say www? Your mouth gets tired. Why is there? This is me on the bus. I don't know Why? Because I'm an overthinker. And then I get off the bus. And I'm walking down the street. And this car is bumping. I, I used to love Outkast. They're bumping so fresh, so clean. And they're bumping it. like it's, it, The whole street is filled with this song. Ain't nobody dope as me. I'm just so fresh, so clean. I knew, I knew it. I knew it. And just like you guys did that. There's this dude on the bench. and He's like. Mm, ain't nobody dope ass, yeah. And then he's the—he says it louder than the car. He's like, "So fresh and so clean, clean." And I'm like, but then like three steps later, there's this other dude, and he is so angry. He's so angry that this guy is playing this song. He's just like staring at the car, like just grimacing, just like. And I'm just kind of like, I want to keep myself from staring, but I'm just like. Yo, it's crazy because this guy is in love with this song. This guy can't stand it. And then I'm like, you know, like I wonder about their life experiences. Like maybe this song was this like this guy's song like in high school, like that was his high school prom song. You know, but maybe for this guy, you know, he's, he, he thinks that you know, all rap, you know, rap is, is very, uh, can be very degenerating or, or very toxic. And so he sees rap as this issue. Or maybe he's just angry that this guy is blasting music and the whole world can hear it. And so maybe he's frustrated. And then I'm just like going back and forth with with. these guys and then I'm like oh you know what's crazy and then I go into preacher mode I'm like it's crazy because these guys despite their experiences even though they're from two different worlds they wound up on the same bench in the same park and it's crazy because no matter what you go through and I'm like Ruben stop you have to turn at some point I lost myself I'm just, like, so caught up in my thoughts. This is, this is what I do. It's, it's why what we can't do is mark the phases of when, like, Ruben was Android and Ruben was iPhone because that changes from week to week. Google's coming out with a phone this week, and I'm just, just pray for me. Uh, um. But I'm an overthinker, and because of that, I have to constantly catch myself. Like, i got to constantly be aware because I know that my thoughts... Uh, can can spiral with a negative thought just yesterday. One little, just like one little boop, a little smudge in my life. I had like a million thoughts about it and I was, I was praying, I, I was feeling the depression. Like this is how important, it's, that's why it's so important for me to be aware of my thought life. But I think we live in a very if it ain't broke, don't fix it culture. And so like, even if we're damaged, who here has a cracked phone? Yeah, that's a lot of you guys. Like, I couldn't, I couldn't live with that. Like, I would fix it the next day. I would, fi- I would sell my kidney. I have issues. Um, I have issues. Pray for me. Um, but I believe so many of us are cracked phones because we're damaged, but we're still functional. And if it ain't broke, don't fix it. And so because many of us may not be overthinkers and our thoughts may not be that way, we don't realize. You, you know what a, Here's, I'm a vent real quick. I have an issue with the fact that you're supposed to see your doctor once a year. You're supposed to go to the dentist every six months. I just think it's all a conspiracy. But there's... <laughs> Bianca's a dental hygienist. So, But uh, there's nothing for mental health. It's only when it's severe. Once you've had a breakdown, once you have an issue, how many times has anybody ever taught us? I think that in school they teach clean your teeth, go to the doctor, make sure, you know, make sure they teach you about germs. They don't teach you about your mind. And we live in this very, we feel crazy. It took me everything to sign up for counseling. Because I was like, no, I'm not crazy. I'm not crazy. And then when I let go of that, I went to counseling. I was like, oh, I am crazy. (laughs) I am crazy. That's that's what it is. But because of that, I think our culture doesn't really address our thought life. And this is what happens when you have a five-year, a four-year psych major preach um, <coughs> outside of a series. I-, I love that the scriptures talk about filling our minds with what's good, what's pure, what's honorable, what's noble, what-, what deserves praise. That the scriptures say that. So I want us to talk about that today. I want us to be people who can do that and even embody it. But I think I would be shortchanging you if I sat up here for, for 35 to 45 minutes and, and taught you about how you have to do that and why you have to do that. Because I think inherently we recognize the value of that. Who here doesn't want to do what Philippians 4.8 says? Right. You see? Where's the crickets? Ah, uh, Miss Odin. Um uh, <laughs> Exactly, and so it's easy to recognize the value of Philippians four eight and want to just do it and change our our, our lives. However, it, it, the thing is that there is a common misconception that we're more in control of ourselves than we actually are. There's there's actually so many influences that affect us. I'm gonna share this and I'm gonna take a drink of water because I know it's gonna get a reaction. You ever been hangry? Frank, we had breakfast. What you didn't get any? <laughs> that's why that's why I gotta come for the volunteer. <laughs> um, but that's a that's a real thing. I'm in a relationship now. <laughs> Holla. Like a like the real one? Like, you know, like when you know it's the one the one. Stop. I'll I'll preach the whole sermon about anyway. But what I'm, I'm learning things in relationships, and one of the things I'm learning is that I'm going to have to start carrying snacks with me. It's just, it's just the, it's the name of the game. I'm just like, all right, Ruben, you have to start packing food. Food and chapstick. That's, I think that one's, that one's specific to my girlfriend okay, and Frank, okay? But I need food and I need chapstick. If not, we will have a bad day. <laughs> But that's because there are so many things that influence us, and we don't even realize. And, and that's why what I want to talk about uh, the first is, before we on the road to Philippians 4.8, the need for self-discipline. And our first point of the day is that self-discipline needs to be dedicated to. In, in Corinthians, he says this. Uh, it says, Every athlete in training submits to strict discipline In order to be crowned with a wreath that will not last. But we do it for one that will last forever. That is why... I run straight for the finish line. That is why I am like a boxer who does not waste his punches. I harden my body with blows and bring it under complete control to keep myself from being disqualified after having called others to the contest. The reason why I love this verse, really the reason why I love the Bible is because the Bible gets, it's God's word and so it understands so much than we do. I think so many of us think that self-discipline is either you have it or you don't. Actually, I'm going to read the definition of self-discipline. I read it, and I was like, ooh, that's good. And then I was like, I don't know if I could do that. (laughs) This is the definition of self-discipline. The ability to control one's feelings and overcome one's weaknesses. The ability to pursue what one thinks is right despite temptations to abandon it. That's why we need Jesus. I've read that and I was like, oh, man, the mark is high. And that's why the point is you need to be self-disciplined. One, if I said that, I'd be a hypocrite because I'm not. Uh, 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 two, I just think it's an unachievable, st- like it's so hard to achieve. And, and, and if we are passively, oh, I just want to be self-disciplined, we will find that we are always struggling. And Paul says it, he says, hey, I submit myself the same way an athlete would to strict discipline. I, I work hard to keep this body under control because self-discipline takes effort. And going further, it's actually the other scripture says that self-discipline is a fruit, a byproduct of the Holy Spirit. God has to give it. We have to request it from the Holy Spirit. And I love that Paul this he he distincts, he makes a distinction between an athlete's discipline, because I think athletes are probably the most disciplined people in our culture and even then, right? He says, hey, they're doing it for an earthly prize. We're doing it for a heavenly prize. In other words, this kind of discipline is different. And he's he's the same one who says that the Holy Spirit grants us self-discipline. And so that's why it's this important thing. It is so important for us to constantly be striving after it. He, he he says that he brought his body under complete control, which I think is the key to him being disciplined. I believe, can I share something with you guys today? I believe that mastering our bodies paved, paves the way to self-discipline. And I love when science intersects with uh, scripture. I-, I just love, because all truth is God's truth, and I love when the truth that we discover out here is, is also the same truth that coincides with the Bible. See, because we've actually discovered some things about the influences of our body. Uh, they, there's this study where they took a prison's most violent prisoners, we're talking violent prisoners, and you know what they did? They changed their diet. They just replaced some of the the specific foods that they were eating with foods that were higher in fish oils, uh, foods that were higher with supplements, things like that. And what they found was a significant decrease in their violent behavior. It didn't go away, because there there is a lot that's us in our nature and who we've become, but just in changing their, their influence on the food in their body, suddenly their violent behaviors drastically changed that is the power of controlling what influences us because the reality is if we're walking passively through life we will be influenced you can't control the fact that you see things but you can't control what you see going going further there's this there's this doctor uh named dr daniel amen and dr daniel amen has looked at over a hundred thousand brain scans i'm reading this book for class, which I'm so grateful for because it came at such a, a great time, but it is, it is wrecking my mind because in brain scans, he's found that that brain injuries, concussions, all of these things are linked to disorders. But, but more than that, more than that, he's, he's identified his team, his clinical team, they identify four key areas, the four key areas that I want to share with you guys. So when we're saying, hey, I want to be self-dedicated to discipline, we can just kind of keep these in mind. I'm not going to go too in-depth, but you can look them up. Th- these are the four key areas that affect our mind. He, he, he calls it, one, the biological area. The, he calls them four circles. So the first circle is biological, how our physical body functions. So that's not, that has to do with, are we eating right? Are we working out? Those kinds of things. Then Uh, The psychological circle, that has to do with developmental issues, how we think. Then the social circle, which is our social support and our current life situation. And the last circle, spiritual, which is our sense of meaning and purpose. Can I show you, can I just give you a realized evidence of these circles? I asked John if I could share this today because he just so happened to share the story with me today. Uh, John and Mei Ling's son, Jeremiah, wasn't doing too well two months ago in school. He was doing very poorly those are John's words. <laughs> Where's Jeremiah? Is he here? <laughs> he, he, he told me this because it's been two months since then and Jeremiah has been in a different school. He's in a different environment. His social circle has changed. He's actually in a Christian school. Hey, and your boy Jeremiah is getting hundreds. He's just earned a Nintendo Switch. Because he's been doing so well in school. But, but they didn't... They didn't say, oh, we've been punishing him more, we've been stricter, we've been... No, they just simply changed his social circle, his social setting, his environment. And all of a sudden, this kid has drastically improved. And it's the same way with us. Before we get to Philippians, we have to know that this thing, self-discipline, it doesn't come passively. We want to be able to win this war before we need it. We want to be able to say, hey, before these things can influence me, I want to make sure I've already got the healthy influences in my my life. Doctor, thank you, thank you. Dr. Daniel Amen says, uh, he talks about this thing called brain reserve, and he says the more we take care of our brain, the more that when we need it, I don't want to be 40 and, and, and paying for 20-year-old Ruben's mistakes, yeah. but that's what brain reserve is. Everything that we do now affects who we are in the future, and he says, hey, we can start now, And it comes by maintaining our four areas. But I never want this to become a a behavior thing. And I want this to always be a spiritual thing. And also to understand that it comes by requesting the fruit of the Holy Spirit. God can grant this to us. The Bible specifically says that it is a byproduct of the Holy Spirit. And so when we can do that, the reason why this is so important is because how do we focus on what's true and what's noble and what's honorable when what's the war that's going inside us is confusing us and distracting us from what's true and what's honorable and what's noble? But when we are able to make sure that every influence in our life is a positive influence in all four circles are great, are healthy, then we find that that the road to Philippians is just a little bit easier. It's a little bit easier. And then, and then we can deal with this thing that, that clouds our judgment. I don't know if you ever dealt with it. I've dealt with it for the majority of my life. I've, have you ever heard of pride? Pride is this... It's this funny thing, man. Pride is this thing that will distort your perception of what the truth is. And so I find myself trying to fill my mind with the true things, but really my my sense of truth is off, and so I'm filling my mind with stuff that's actually false because my pride and my ego has clouded my sense of judgment. That's why as we move on, I, I want us to know that humility... We've got to replace this thing called pride with humility. And this has been the war in my life for the past few months. This thing called humility, it, it needs to be held on to. Humility needs to be held on to. I, I, I think the Bible can testify to this better than I can. In Proverbs 11:2, 2, it says, when pride comes, then comes Disgrace. But when with with humility comes wisdom. And in Philippians 2, 3 to 4, he says, Don't do anything from selfish ambition or from cheap desire to boast, but be humble toward one another, always considering others better than yourselves, and look out for one another's interests, not just your own. Philippians 2-3, I literally just the other day saved it to my phone because I need to get this in me. So many of the issues that I've dealt with, I've discovered that what has been at the heart of so many of my problems has been my pride. And I think that's true for all of us. Really, I think you can go throughout human history and see behind every human travesty, pride is at the root of it all. And that's why there's this, I think pride is easy. Pride feels good. Like when you prideful, you feel big and bad. You're like, yeah, they don't know me. You don't know me. You don't know me. I'm saved. But you could get these hands. (laughs) Facts. What? No, that's supposed to be a bad example, all right? I'm glad to hear I'm not the only one who struggles with pride. But it feels good. But Philippians actually goes on to say to take on the nature of Christ, because Christ could have been God. He could have said, No, I'm God. I'm not gonna be to, I'm not gonna step down into earth. I'm not gonna sacrifice myself. It says that he was equal in nature to God, but he put on the nature of man. I love that Jesus is always our example. And so when we walk in humility, we're, we're able to see the whole picture. I don't know about you, but I got me lenses. And so I always see me first. I see how me stepping on your toe is your fault. You shouldn't have put your foot there. Today I actually almost hit Sheila. I was like, why would she walk behind me if she saw me swinging her arm? You ain't even know that happened. Victor saved your life, Sheila. I was like, woof. And then I'm looking at you like it's your fault. Not me for not being aware of my gargantuan arms. But I got me lenses. And so I'm constantly in this battle to get the lens off of me. Because here's the thing, guys when you can put yourself for last, you're able to put the truth first. What's crazy about humility, I, you know, the Bible, I feel like there's never been a time that I read the Bible and I'm not like, oh. See, because I would have told you that you needed to be wise to be humble. That's, I thought it takes a wise person to be humble. But what's weird is in Proverbs, he says, no, no, no. When you're humble, you get wisdom. That you know who's always at the party when pride shows up? Disgrace. When pride shows up, it's like, oh, here comes disgrace right around the corner. Oh, look, always there, always, like a tail following pride. But you know who, who always comes with humility? Wisdom. You're trying to get more wisdom. You're trying to figure out how to make better decisions. Start with getting yourself into humility. I I promise you, just yesterday, I was going over my sermon, and I had just been prideful. And then I'm preaching. I'm I'm going over my sermon, and I feel Holy Spirit convict me. Like, oh, be humble. Kendrick Lamar. (laughs) Holy Spirit is arrogant in my mind. I don't know. I think it's because I'm arrogant. But I was like, oh, yeah, you're right. I need, to, I need to literally practice what I preach. And immediately, I, I said, I'm going to consider people better than myself. I'm going to put people over myself. And as soon as I declared that, I began to feel the, the, the issues that I was dealing with, the anger that I have felt, dissipate and go away. And, I, and then I saw the true truth. You know, there's your truth, and then there's the true truth. I was like, there's what actually happened. I was like, oh, yeah. Oh, And suddenly I wasn't as angry. Suddenly I wasn't as frustrated. Suddenly I I didn't feel like, see, here's the thing about pride. Pride will say that your problems are the priority, but everybody else is the cause. So when pride fills us up, what we do is we see, you're the problem, you're the problem, you're the problem. You shouldn't have been walking behind my arm. That's why I hit you. Like, that's what we see. But when we clean, that's why I say we have to hold on to our humility because it so easily slips us. It so easily slips us. And when that happens, pride comes in and it starts to distract us. And here we can be, and that's why I say it would be a disservice for me to just leave this altar and say, hey, guys, focus on whatever is true. Focus on whatever is noble, but not, not let you guys know that there's some housekeeping. See, because pride, uh, pride, it, it kind of, it clouds your judgment. But when we're able to cling on to humility and we're able to see the real truth and see what's really noble and see what's really honorable, then we find that, 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 that this thing doesn't become as difficult because I've been there. I told you this verse has been messing with me. And I, I started by just going, okay, I'm going to focus on what's True. True. In the midst of my issue, no, 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 I gotta focus on what's true. It's hard to focus when you're distracted. And so when the battle was coming to me, I was trying to do it, but I couldn't because I was prideful. Because really, I hadn't been worried about what, what, hey, am I just hungry today? Is that why I'm having a bad day? I'm just hungry. And then I started to, to really, it's been these classes that I've been, that that have been showing me, I started to go, okay, what I eat matters. Okay, okay, if I'm under a lot of stress, maybe I shouldn't have an important conversation. Maybe I shouldn't be handling important matters while I'm working. I started to do that, and when I started to do that, Philippians 4.8 became a little bit easier. And when we do this, When we do this, we find that the, the, the storms around us, the clouds around us, are not as bad as they seem. And, and so when we're dedicated to our self-discipline and we're holding on to humility, then we can approach Philippians successfully. Now we can, we can read the, the, the things that Paul tells us to do in Philippians and confidently approach them. But we want to do more than approach. We want to embody this. See, because I've tried approaching it, but what I found is approaching isn't transformation, embodying it is. And so the last thing where we're, we're going to end here is put into practice Philippians 4.8. We say we are going to be dedicated to self-discipline. We're going to hold on to humility, and we're going to put into practice Philippians 4.8. And when I say put into practice, I don't mean just do it. I mean we actually have to practice. You know what I said I'm going to start doing? I'm like, I'm going to start at least once a week making a list, whatever is true and writing down what's true, whatever is pure and writing down what's pure. So that when the battle comes, I'm not like, oh, pure, pure. What was Philippians? Pure, Purell, uh, uh, true, Truman. Like, no, no, no. I don't want to have to think about it. See, there, there's actually these these differences in our memory. I don't know if you you know long term, short term, right? There's long term. There is explicit memory and there is implicit memory. And explicit memory is the the textbook stuff. Like you read a book and it was good, and you're telling somebody about a book. It's that kind of information. Yesterday, Ronnie was telling me about Venom, and he was using his explicit memory to tell me not to go see it. <laughs> Fair warning. <laughs> But that's explicit memory. Implicit memory is like riding a bike. It's, it's muscle memory. And I, I want this thing to be not the stuff that we think about. Because from my own personal experience, when I have to think about it, it's harder. I don't do it as well. But when it becomes muscle memory, I don't have to think about it. I can just open a water bottle every time I get a different water bottle and not have to think, okay, what's the way that you... Why? Because it's my implicit memory. Because I've done it so many times, it's so easy to do. When's the last time you ever thought about something like that? And this thing, Philippians, the more we practice it, the more it becomes in our nature. But I want to add a new memory. I want to add a new kind of memory. It's called heart memory. That's what I've named it. A little bit about heart memories is it's more than riding a bike, it's transformative. It changes you. Heart memory isn't you just do it. Heart memory is you believe it. Heart memory is you are it. That when they think victor, they think whatever is true, whatever is noble, whatever is pure. That when they think Brittany, they think whatever is pure, whatever is honorable, whatever deserves praise. That you are synonymous with this thing because it's in your heart and it pumps through your veins. So when the trials come, let whatever come against me. Boom. Boom. I don't even have to think about it, I am it, and I can just walk through this. The more we practice it, the more we'll believe it, and the more we believe it, the more we'll become it. And so again, just like it would be a disservice just to tell you guys to go out and do it, I would like us to practice this. So we're gonna go one at a time, we're gonna take a couple seconds with each thing that he says for us to focus on, to fill our minds with. And as a body, one unit, we're gonna focus on them. So, so do you have it, uh, Diren? We're gonna start with good. Close your eyes, whatever you need to do to get into that space, take some time. <sighs> whatever is good, Think about your kids, things that are good for you. Now we're going we're gonna to transition things that deserve praise. I think the example of Jeremiah, John, that's, that deserves praise. Who today did something that deserves praise? Moving on, true. What's true? Don't, don't come back. Try to sift through the doubt and the fear and the lies. What's true? Be specific with this one. I, I recommend be specific this this one. If you're having any false thoughts, replace it with a specifically true thought. You always do this. Now, I'm going to replace that with you're going to be better. They will be better. What's true in your life? What What's the truth? Has God done in your life? What's noble? Noble, like virtuous. What is this noble thing in your life? Noble people in your life. What noble things has Christ done in your life? What's noble, God? What's right? I think so often we get caught up by what's the the wrong things, the wrong things. What do you know to be right? Fill your minds with things that are pure. What's pure in your life? There, There may be a lot of unpurity that we encounter but what are the pure things that we can fill our minds with the innocence of a child the bible says that 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 for us to approach god like children what's pure two more what is lovely what are some lovely things in your life a spouse a significant other once again children lovely in our lives and our last one what's honorable what are some honorable things that have been in your life some some honorable things traits of god some honorable ways that god has moved in your life a person who has behaved honorably There's so many times where people are are the best things that I can think of. Who's honorable in your life? What's crazy about doing this, what's crazy about doing this, is as you continue to practice it, as you continue to work at it, as you continue to do it, I promise, I guarantee you, you will find that all of a sudden, God's presence is with you. And I can guarantee it. Because the part that I covered up, I'm going to read Philippians 9 in context. So he says to focus on what's good, deserves praise, what's true, what's noble, what's right, what's pure, what's lovely, what's honorable. And then he goes into verse 9 and he says, put into practice what you learned and received from me, both from my words and my actions. And the God who gives us peace will be with you. Are, are you looking for God? Have you been having some time? Have you been? Has this been your prayer? It's been mine. God, where are you? God, I need you. You haven't shown up yet. Where are you? You'll find him in the good. You'll find him in what deserves praise and what's true and what's noble and what's right and what's pure and what's lovely and what's honorable. You'll find him there. And can I tell you why? Because there's not a single characteristic there that isn't a trait of God. We're describing God. And I don't think, I don't think it says God comes to us right i think that verbiage god is with us god with us there's this song that says let us become more aware of your presence because i think what you'll find is he was never not there you've just been clouded by your judgment you've just been clouded by your surroundings it just got dark and you couldn't see him but when you start to focus on his traits you ever been in the dark trying to find someone what do you do you look for their features You look for their hands. You look for an eye. You look for a nose. But with God, you look for who he is. You look for his pureness. You you look at his nobility and how honorable he is. You look towards those traits, and in there you find that God is with you. And what's so important is that at this church... You will find that every Sunday we preach Jesus, we preach Jesus, we preach Jesus. Because he's the only answer, he's the only one that changes us, he's the only one that fixes us. And if this doesn't get us to Jesus, if Paul doesn't end with God will be with you, then this is just a cute thing to do. This can be powerful, but it'll be a band-aid, not the cure. If it doesn't get you to Jesus, it's just a band-aid. If it doesn't get you to Jesus, it's just some skin cream. If it doesn't get you to Jesus, it's not the cure for what's ailing you. And when we say, no, I'm going to be a master, I won't be influenced by what influences me. I won't be, I'm going to be influenced by Jesus. I'm going to be influenced by godly people. I'm not going to let my pride distort my view of the truth. I'm not going to let my pride get the best of me. Because I don't know about you, but I'm tired of it. I'm tired of Reuben convincing Reuben that he knows best. I'm going to approach Philippians. And until this is my heart, until I understand the vision until this thing pumps through my brain, my my veins, I'm gonna fill my mind with whatever is good, whatever deserves praise, whatever is true, whatever is noble, whatever is right, whatever is pure, whatever is lovely, whatever is honorable. If you're having a hard time, just say the words. Until you can fill them in, say the words, whatever is good, whatever is whatever deserves praise, whatever is true, whatever is noble, whatever is right, whatever is pure, whatever is lovely, whatever is honorable. We focus on these details. We dedicate ourselves to being self-disciplined so that we can practice this and become it because when we practice it, God is with us and when God is with us here's the thing I don't know about you but this entire worship set there's never been a time in a prayer meeting there's never been a time during worship there's never been a time where I felt the thickness of his presence there's never been a time that I've been with God and worried there's never been a time when I've been with God and doubtful or fearful or worrying about my finances or how am I going to make the rent through or how am I a college kid making $200. There's never been a time. There's just never been a time. So when we're with God, we find this is easier. That we don't have to work so hard to be self-dedicated. You know why? Because it's the fruit of the Holy Spirit. The more time you spend with God, the more time you the with Spirit the more time we were with God. Peter on his first encounter with Jesus says, depart, depart from me because I am a sinner. The, you spend more time with God, you'll find you're more humble. What he does is he pours his spirit out. He pours his spirit out. He qualifies us. He meets us here. He meets us here. And he says, I'm gonna take it over for you. I'm gonna take it from here. Because if you just did these things and you didn't find God, you would always be doing these things. No matter how much you become it, you will always have to be it. But when you become it, you a- when you become it, you're able to see the one who has always been it. You're able to see the one who's created it. My eyes are on Jesus. It doesn't matter what's around me. It just doesn't matter. I want to live a life where I'm so lost in Jesus, where I'm constantly walking towards Jesus, where I'm always with Jesus. Because if I'm doing that, everything is going to sort itself out. Everything will take care of itself. I don't, who cares? Who cares? Paul says, if I have Christ, I don't need anything. I don't need anything. I count it all as nothing. I count it all as garbage. I count it all as trash. He says, if I die, that's awesome because I get to be with Jesus. And if I live, that's cool because I get to be with Jesus. Focus on the things that are good, the things that are true, that are noble, that are honorable that are pure, that deserve praise. And there you'll find God is with us. God is with us. Can we stand? We hope you enjoyed this podcast. Our mission here at Christ Uncensored House of Worship is to love God, love people, and love life. Kuhau is a place where our story is still being written. Together, we can do more than we can ever do alone. If this message has encouraged you and you wish to partner with us in taking this message all across the world, go to kuhau.com give or follow us on any social media platform. Thank you in advance for your support and generosity. Come and begin a whole new journey with us.